You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Preparing for childbirth is like preparing for a football game. How, Sway? <laughs> <laughs> I got to catch. <laughs> Gotta catch. Well, let's just say I ain't a water sign, but I'm gonna be in some water. Not me. Dead ass. <laughs> yes, you are this time, Deval. I said dead ass already. Y'all go all that <laughs> dead ass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm Deval. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. All right, so we got story time. <laughs> story time. Kadeen is going to bless y'all with the story today. All right, story. I mean, I guess it's fitting because, you know, here I am about to have a whole nother baby. I can't believe I'm doing this a fourth time, y'all. Like, this is still blowing my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I found out I was pregnant the fourth time around, we're in a new state, new location, and I'm naturally kind of 
anxious at this point because I'm like, oh my God, I always said mm-hmm. if I were to have another baby, it would have to be the same exact way I had Kaz. Like of all three mm-hmm. experiences, which you guys have heard about, that mm-hmm. was my most favorite experience when it came to labor and delivery. And I'm missing my midwife. So I'm like, what am I going to do? So I thought about finding someone here in the Atlanta area that I can see. Um, but I have such a connection to my former midwife, Takia Ballard, that I was like, I have to find a way to make this happen with mm-hmm. Takia. Like, I'm going to call her and be like, girl, I got to pull you out of retirement. I respect the fact that you're retired. However, <laughs> what will it take to pull you out of retirement for this last and final Ellis baby? So in the meantime, while I was trying to decide what to do, I said, you know what? I'm just going to go to a local OBGYN office so that way I can just at least start the process, make sure the baby is doing well, do all my labs, blood work, all that good stuff, right? And worst case scenario, if push came to shove and I had to have um, a baby, you know, with this OBGYN or in a hospital, mm-hmm. at least I know I'd be under great care. Right. So as time progressed, of course, I reached out to Takiya, like I said I would, and she so humbly obliged my <laughs> request to be uh, uh, taken out of retirement just for me. Don't go hitting her up, y'all. Don't go flooding her email and DMs like y'all been doing. Okay, she's just doing this for now me. You stingy, for, you stingy about your I'm midwife, I'm just trying yo. to respect the fact that she said she will do this for me, you know? Um, People have babies every day, B. <laughs> So um, in speaking to her, and it also kind of the stars aligned for us because she's now living super close to us. So what are the chances that we're both living like almost in the same area now? Mm -hmm. It just kind of like the stars aligned. It was meant to be for me. So I still will see my doctor simultaneously at the office visits and stuff because, you know, also, too, I'm aware of the fact that I'm of age where I need to be, (laughs) you know, getting a certain a couple more tests done, a couple more sonograms just to make sure that things were good with the baby. Um, I had this issue that happened with my blood and clotting and stuff. So there were a couple different things that I wanted to monitor closely during Mm -hmm. this time. So now here I am, uh, roughly 30 weeks, you know, now's a good time to make the transition over to another doctor or midwife if I so choose to. So I said, you know what, I'm going to have the discussion with my OB out here and let her know that I am about to switch gears. Now she knows my history. I told her, I was like, you know, I had my last baby at home and she Uh was like, oh, wow. She's like, in our initial visit, she said, well, you know, we don't do that here. I said, you're not going to come to my house, sis, and deliver this baby? And she's <laughs> like, absolutely not, but I'll see you in the hospital. I knew what it was with her in the beginning. But I wanted to at least let her know, you know, out of respect, like, hey, sis, it's been a great road so far, but I'm actually going to switch gears now and head over to this midwife and have my baby at home. <laughs> she looked at me like I had five heads, y'all. <laughs> she literally looked at me and was just like, you're going to do What? And I said, yeah, I, you know, I'm going to switch over to midwife care. I actually don't mind seeing you two concurrently until I have the baby and then I'll be back after I have the baby at home. And she said, well, I strictly and strongly advise against that. Mm. And I said, okay. I'm like, is there anything in this pregnancy that makes you feel like Mm. I shouldn't do this? Is there something Mm. that is pre-existing, something that came up that made you feel like, you know what, you need to be in a medical situation where you feel like if anything were to go wrong in that moment that you needed Mm -hmm. to be, there has to be interventions. And she's like, well, your age, you're older. And I was like, well, damn, <laughs> damn, damn. You know, the thing I'm walking around here decrepit, you know? Um, she's like, you know, no matter how pristine a pregnancy has been or is, mm-hmm. you have to always make plans for what mm-hmm. could happen, which I respect. Absolutely. And I completely understand. Absolutely. And also, too, she can't be liable if I decide to have this baby at home and, God forbid, have to come to the hospital and then I'm calling her name. Absolutely. And she's going to be like, well, sis, you told me you were parting ways, you know? 
So I completely understood and respected where she came from. And I couldn't expect the same opinion or the same Mm -hmm. advice from her as I did my OBGYN back in New York because I don't have as long of a relationship with her. You know, she doesn't know as much about my history. She don't know that I'm a G in this baby (laughs) having game. Um, So, you know, I kind of Okay, thug life. (laughs) Thug mom. (laughs) You know, and at that that moment in time, I felt like um, I wasn't going to allow fear to overcome me Mm -hmm. or the situation or just this whole experience so far because I had been so positive the entire time and not to say she was trying to be negative but you know it just kind of put a little damper on our relationship in that moment but I went and saw her again two weeks later and she's like how's it going you're good I'm like I'm good I'm like still seeing you and still gonna have this baby at home (laughs) love you sis but that's the deal let's go end story time there we're gonna go back on story time because that was a great story I do want to unpack a lot of that stuff but you know we got to take a break first. Yes, let's do that. So let's take a break. We'll, we'll be back and we'll be able to unpack story time. All right. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deadass. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us. And it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this, Near, yes, Near, the OG that I used for years, has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay? It works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. in the water once more guys for our fourth and final baby our yes. last king yes um it was such an amazing experience having a water birth last time that I'm it was amazing in me. there right it was great it was good by yourself no because you're gonna be in there by yourself no. again that was the debate last time y'all <laughs> if y'all don't know the big debate was oh. that was like i'm not getting in the placenta water getting i was in like that since placenta when water, has it son? been dubbed placenta water because it's the placenta water it'd be cloudy in there stuff be happening <laughs> i ain't trying to be in there son <laughs> it'd be cloudy nah. and floating and stuff yeah. be floating nah, well last time my mom bless her heart made it such a beautiful like feng shui ambiance experience where she had rose petals and stuff so that mm-hmm. kind of camouflaged if there was anything chunky floating around True. in the water oh my <laughs> stomach i'm not getting in the placenta water bro i'm not i don't care what you say whatever y'all can shame me all you want I'm we got not the pool on order mind. we got the pool on order it should be here any day now so we could do a little test run you know and um i would really really appreciate it deval if you got in the pool with me this time and delivered our son Badman no swim in placenta water <laughs> All right, let's let's unpack this story. First of all, I think sometimes in life, mm-hmm. we as people tend to take things personally, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we have to learn to stop taking everything personally. That's a fact, right? especially and nowadays. I'm going to use this story as an example, right? Mm-hmm. Your doctor, I understand her her reservations about Absolutely. it. Absolutely, you went to medical school. Valid, you know, um, midwifery in the medical profession they don't go they like oil and water they don't mix mm-hmm. so if she went to school being taught one way right and knows that that's the safest way for things to be done for her mm-hmm. i understand her believing in her science mm-hmm. and you're her patient mm-hmm. saying to you and her being liable and her being liable yes. yes her saying to you the things she said to you absolutely but that doesn't take away your right to choose what you want to do with mm-hmm. your body and your life. Absolutely. And the reason why I say that is because we, you do have women who listen to their OBGYNs the entire way mm-hmm. and still don't make it out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean that one way is scientifically 100% better than the other. It always depends on what's better for your lifestyle mm-hmm. and what your, your religious beliefs or the things that you feel are in the best interest of you and your family. Mm-hmm. So... Rather than people taking it as, oh, that doctor's wrong and this and this and that. No, that mm-hmm. doctor's doing everything absolutely in in order with what she feels is right 
in her practice and for you as her patient. Mm -hmm. So I applaud her for that. No, absolutely. I don't have to agree with what she's saying and I don't, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I know you don't because we rock with Takiya, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there and unpack that a little bit because sometimes people tend to take take things personally. Yeah. Oh, she's she hating on my my midwife. She hating oh, on yeah. home no. birth. And I don't no. think it was that case with her either. Right. She, she was wasn't. super sweet about it, but she was just like, girl, I think she also wanted me to understand like the seriousness in it. Right. And just saying, you know, as your primary doctor that I've been seeing right. this entire pregnancy, I just don't think that this would be the best route for you to go. Right. You know, and, and I could have well been within in my her feelings. Right. Yeah, yeah, and I could have been in my feelings. That. I'm like, oh, what, what she, she don't, I bet she ain't that old. I ain't that old, <laughs> sis. Like, damn, you know? Um, But it's just one of those things like you just know once you're past a certain certain age there's certain things that you're going to mm-hmm. be kind of predisposed to naturally mm-hmm. um so and, and what I, I respect it what i will equate it to being an athlete right mm-hmm. um when i was playing football i had five knee surgeries right okay um typically if you're no if you're a normal person not an athlete right and you tear a meniscus mm-hmm. right they'll take you to the hospital You'll go see a doctor. The doctor may say you, you should have a meniscectomy where they cut the meniscus out. Or you could do a meniscus repair mm-hmm. where they put sutures in and you're out for six months. Either way, they give you medication, tell you stay off your knee till the swelling goes down, you know, blah, blah, blah. When you're an athlete, you go to see a sports doctor, mm-hmm. right? He's just like, we can do a meniscectomy. You'll be playing in three days, right? So you see the difference? Yep. One doctor... Yep. will protect themselves, mm-hmm. make sure that you're safe and everything, but they're not preparing you for performance. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. That's how I, I view sometimes midwifery versus going to the hospital. Mm-hmm. The hospital is going to make things as safe as possible for you to make sure everybody's good. You have everything here just in case something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a, a midwife prepares you for performance. Mm. This is this is what we're going to do to make sure everything is Go good. Smoothly. Go smoothly. Right. We're going to help you through this process so that you can be good through the birthing process, not just prepare for the worst. Mm. You know, and that's just my analogy for going to that's the hospital. That's actually a really good analogy when I you think about it. You see what I'm it. saying? Yes. Because you think about the things that could have gone wrong, for example, with Kaz. His position, right? Right. That's something that Takia knew early on. Well, not early, but towards the end of the pregnancy, she knew, okay, his spine is against your spine. I forget. I never remember if it's anterior or posterior. But he needs to have his spine outside. Mm -hmm. So we need him to flip. Because that could give you bad back labor. Yes, exactly. So that's when she started to give us the inversion tips. And Val would have me upside down and all that. People Mm -hmm. thought they were just, we were just doing the most and it was shenanigans. No, that was... There was, mm-hmm. a, there was a reason why. Right. Um, and Kaz, so said, so done, flipped right into the perfect perfect position mm-hmm. to make it easy for to him to out. make his exit. So That's yeah, what I mean by really preparing good... for performance right? as opposed to preparing for the worst. I think well, also with the preparation process, we should talk about a birth plan. Like what is yes. a birth plan? You hear a lot about yes. birth plans and um, it is just like what it sounds like. It's pretty much a written plan that communicates your wishes and your goals before, during, and after labor and delivery. Um, and it parents-to-be can offer up their best-case scenario birthing um, or their best-case birthing scenarios, rather, how they'd ideally like the labor and delivery to play out if all goes according to plan, right? Right. So that's, like you said, on the latter half, preparing for what can be the mm-hmm. performance versus the worst-case scenario. So the different stages of labor, of course, well, before, is... Before you do that, mm-hmm. you I have a birthing plan. Mm-hmm. I've always had a birthing plan. Right. So the first part of our birthing plan 
is to make sure we know where the nearest hospital is. That yes. that was since we knew we were birthing at home. Yes. And even when we were birthing with with Cairo at the hospital, mm-hmm. it was how fast can I get from point A to point B? And I'm not just talking about going in ways mm-hmm. and saying here's ways says I'll get there in seven minutes. Um, click. Your water breaks. How long does it take us to get from upstairs in the apartment to downstairs mm-hmm. to get in the car, then from the car, st- hit the ways, and then once we get there. And I've driven that path mm-hmm. with you so many times. And what yeah. I did for our birthing plan is from the time we're upstairs, I would start my watch or I would start my phone and get us downstairs to parking. And I would record how long it took us to drive to Methodist where we had yeah. Cairo. It was almost like so, a dress rehearsal each yes. time. You know what I mean? Just we to did see a dress it. rehearsal. I, it's funny. There's a, a show. Was it the Cosby show that they had um, an episode where one of the characters was planning so. for it? I think it was uh, Jack Ripper. What's not Jack Ripper? That was his name on another show. But know. anyway, they were doing pretty much like a rundown of oh, like what it was. Oh, about the guy from, from Three's, Three's Company. Company. Yes, yes. He yes. was that episode. He was the dad. He was the dad. And it was just like, it was kind of like that. But no, but it is important because every minute counts when you're having a baby. And Absolutely. if you say, Waze says it's only going to take us seven minutes, but mm-hmm. it took you nine minutes to get in the car. Now mm-hmm. you're looking at 16 minutes. Absolutely. See what I'm saying? So part of the birthing plan is knowing where the closest hospital is and how long it'll take you from the moment you realize the water breaks to getting everything together. And if you have kids, we did a video about this, remember? Mm-hmm. About getting all the kids ready and getting them out the door mm-hmm. in time. So yep. that's and part of not, the And then if not, just making plan. sure that you have, at that moment, people at the house to yes. man the kids that are there. Mm-hmm. If you have to call an ambulance, if it's, that you think that, that situation yep. will be faster. There's so many things that you have to take into account for yes. that. Um, and then keeping in mind just like the different stages of labor. So like I was saying before, um, early and active labor, which is pretty much when the cervix starts to dilate in your face. So it thins yep. out, it opens up um, and you may feel mild, irregular contractions that slowly start to escalate. Um, and this it's, it's hard to tell when early labor, how long it's going to last. It's one of those things where you hear women. I've been in labor with you for 36 hours. Yeah. And then you have some people that are just like, I just felt like i had to take a shit and baby came out Boop, yep. that was it you know so there's so many different like sometimes it's hard especially with your first baby to kind of know what to expect right um i'm hoping with our fourth time around that it'll be shorter and that i can kind of feel it coming on because i'm hoping, already starting to i feel, can guarantee you it's going to be shorter every pregnancy yeah, has gotten shorter shorter true. shorter and i'm already starting to feel like even just this morning i was telling the crew i was like guys i'm starting to feel like first of all like he wants to bust out of there <laughs> And then I'm starting to feel like I'm not, not sure what buddy part it is. But I almost feel like he wants to at some point stick his hand out and be like, hey, y'all. What was that last night? Just letting you know. that. Huh? What was it? What's the term? The Braxton night? Hicks. Not um, the Braxton Hicks. I call them the Tony Braxtons. <laughs> but remember the contractions? The, it wasn't contraction, but that, that feeling they said it felt like you were having thunder crotch. Oh, yes. Um, I actually texted my midwife and she said it's called lightning crotch. Lightning crotch. There so that's what I was experiencing last night, y'all. And she said it's very normal for this phase of pregnancy. I'm 33 weeks now. So she said, yeah, lightning crotch. It's pretty much like a sharp shooting pain almost mm-hmm. like a like electric feel that you have coming from mm-hmm. like through your vagina like that's mm-hmm. exactly what i was experiencing so between that and the braxton hicks and him moving as if he's about to bust out i was telling the crew like y'all and it's, it's important to know these things not happen the time, but because um you know you ever hear those stories where every time there's a pain they run to the hospital and like it's a forced alarm mm-hmm. no baby coming when you that understand what's happening night. 
you know, with your body, you don't make all these false, false alarm runs. And then what happens is it almost becomes the boy who cries wolf. So you do three or four false alarms. Then one night you're sleeping and your wife <laughs> is like, baby, I think I need to go to the hospital. And you're just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. You go to the hospital. <laughs> then you wake up and then there's water all over the place because the water legitimately broke and now you're not prepared. Exactly. So it's important to to understand what the body is going through. And like like I said, once again, listen, listen to your partner. But also have someone who knows the process to ask questions. Mm-hmm. She'll text Takia all times of the night to ask her, what is this that I'm going through? And I'm through? still asking you the know? fourth time around. Like, yes. I'm still asking. I'm like, is this something I should know? But it's okay it, to ask. Every pregnancy is different. Every labor is different. Delivery is different. So there may be something new every time around. So me, mm. you know, considering myself pretty seasoned in this whole, like, childbirthing thing mm. um, and pregnancy, I still have questions to this day. And when you get lightning crotch, the best things to do is take a warm bath, mm-hmm. do a lot of side laying, mm-hmm. or do some inversions, because mm-hmm. that'll help get the baby out of position where the baby's down there in your crotch. So all of those things you can do to help uh, the mom relax and feel a little bit more comfortable. So yeah, thanks, babe. That was good. It's funny too because doula dad, baby. Before I hit, before I even hit Takia up, I was like, babe, I'm feeling this stuff, and he's like, let's do inversion. I told you. I be knowing. Deval posted a video on Instagram, y'all. I don't know if y'all seen it yet, but with him doing inversions with me, I just said, just don't do this if you have a weak ass husband. Okay, (laughs) make sure he been doing his lifting and whatnot. I don't skip leg day, baby. Don't skip leg day. Squats, lunges, deadlifts. You gotta hold up all hundred and something something pounds of me. You only about hundred and twenty. You're too kind. Look at you. I haven't seen that since I met you. Brownie points. <laughs> Brownie points. So in that early active labor, it's just about kind of moving because you kind of want the labor to come on. You yes. want it to progress. So sitting still is not the best thing to do in that circumstance. You no. kind of want to start moving, go for a walk, um, squat, sit in that squatting position, just allowing gravity to do what it's supposed to do. So this is what... Until active labor. Not only have I read and watched in documentaries, but I've noticed even with my wife, when she had to get induced and they gave her the epidural and she sat there on the bed, it seemed like labor slowed down and time slowed down. So she just got antsy. She got fidgety. It was it was just like the worst experience because they sit you in one spot mm-hmm. and you really can't do anything. As mm-hmm. opposed to Kairos, once her water broke and she was moving around to get Jackson, gravity was starting to work in her favor because she was sitting up. Yep. But Kairos started to move down. Then she started to walk around, which allows your hips uh, to spread a little bit. And this is what people don't know. I know this from exercise physiology. When you start, throughout the day, when you first wake up, your body may be in alignment from when you're sleeping. But as you start to stand and gravity starts to work, your your hips start to get adjusted. And your, your spine and everything falls into your, your pelvis. And if you're pregnant, your pelvis and all of your joints are more lubricated because they're going to start spreading as the baby comes. So when you get into active labor, the more you move and the more you use gravity, the better it is for the baby to get into that birthing path to go and do what the baby wants to do, which is get out. As opposed to laying down and Mm -hmm. gravity not working because you're laying down and you're sitting there and then the baby's kind of sitting where it can be sitting on your spine, it can sit on your pelvis, it can sit a bunch of different places. When you're constantly moving your body and walking and Mm -hmm. letting gravity work, things happen a lot faster. That's why we went shopping. And also it keeps the mom's mind off of the pain. She's not thinking about the pain if she's thinking about how much I can get these peaches for. Right. That, and that's- I remember being in the bread aisle and I was like, oh, they got bagels, buy one, get one free. <laughs> and then I remember feeling like a little bit more water because my water didn't break all at once. With Cairo, no. it kind of broke a little bit, that it kept, broke a little more. And I remember thinking like, oh man, I'm going to need some paper towel in an aisle. <laughs> like, clean up an aisle three where the bread's at. <laughs> 
where my water is actively breaking. Uh, how about that? Keeping her engaged and her mind engaged kept her mind off of the pain. Yeah. You know, when things start to become more enhanced when you're just sitting there waiting. Mm-hmm. So if there's a lot more distractions, whether it's family, friends, or you just constantly moving, it's the best way to get through that labor. Whew. Start to get a little nervous. You thinking, thinking about, about it? it. Just think You'll about be all right. Because I saw the next one, active labor. So that's when you're six to ten centimeters. That's like the very end of the it. The very end. And um, it's almost a, a thing where at the end, like Takia is, this is where a midwife comes in handy, right? Mm-hmm. She taught me how to channel and think about pain, right? Mm-hmm. And from a mental standpoint. So she said, think of pain as something that you embrace, right? You want to embrace the pain because as you embrace this pain, all it means is that you're that much closer to seeing your baby's face. So that this excitement, yeah. So that, that excitement that you have to see this baby finally and hold this baby, the more the pain comes, it's like, I'm that much closer. I'm that, I'm, it's almost done. So that yeah. pain at the finish line is what I literally was thinking about when it came to Kaz. And I remember like tuning everything else out, listening to her voice and just thinking, he's almost here. He's almost here because you know the minute he comes out, it's over. It's over. With that, but that shows your mental fortitude and mm-hmm. your toughness, right? Mm-hmm. You keep saying you're a G, and people don't understand why she keeps saying I'm a G in this. It's because it takes a very different type of person, even with working out, right? When someone's doing pull-ups, they'll do pull-ups until it's about to start hurting, and then they stop because they don't want to deal the pain. Mm-hmm. But the only time you actually see true growth in the muscle is when you. You work through the pain. Mm-hmm. And then finally, once you work through the pain, like that's when it's like breakthrough. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, the pain is here. And once that pain gets there, the endorphins come and you start to feel better. And then boom, you have a breakthrough. It's the mm. same thing with childbirth. Damn, I right? wish I could employ that to working out because the bitch don't like to work out, y'all. <laughs> See, she, <laughs> have she's to talk a about G getting when the body back labor, in order. But when it comes to pull-ups, Kay's like, nah, I ain't trying nah, to feel none of this pain. All that. But but I mean, it is a great way to think about it, even with childbirth. Yeah. You know, when you feel that dull, ringing pain, that means you're going to constantly feel this dull, ringing pain. And the end while. is nowhere near. Exactly. But once that pain comes, you're like, oh, it's coming now. It's, it's about to be over. And then. Yep. So when that time hits and it's like that six to 10 window where, you know, yeah. it's gonna, the, the contractions are going to come sooner and faster. They're going to be more intense. It's like, OK, that's when things are going to happen for you. Um, and that's when she needs her partner the most. That's when. Yeah. Uh, Sakari was helpful because you were on the, the medicine ball mm-hmm. and you was bent over the medicine ball and she was pushing your hips forward, which helped. Yes. And then your mom was in front of you talking to you. Mm-hmm. And then she came. Grandma we was were, in the corner praying. Right. We, we, we came and we were dancing with yes. each other. And what rocking that does is. Yeah. Rocking the hips and all that movement mm-hmm. just helps the baby get into position. So yep. she's really going to need her, your, your village. You're going to need your partner because. I kept constantly hugging Kadeen and kissing Kadeen and, and people were making jokes in the video which just like Devour would have been annoying the shit at me with all the kisses <laughs> around the neck but what I was trying to do was to get her mind off of where the pain was right so it's a um it's something else we studied in in football they do this thing called stem which sends like electrodes electrodes like other places in your body and it takes the pain away because if your body's feeling tingling other places it's not focusing on the place where uh, the majority of the pain is so i kind of employed the same type of mentality when it came to labor so you've been thinking deep into this stuff here i I told y'all it's like football that was my sound bite (laughs) preparing for labor is like preparing for football i love it i love it um so yeah the last part of active labor is going to be pushing typically that's Mm -hmm. when everything transitions and this is the very intense um the more painful part of it and um stage two it's time 
You're yes. pushing, you're pushing, pushing, and the baby finally comes out. You'll deliver your baby during the second uh, stage of labor. Um, it could take a few minutes or it could take a couple hours, um, depending on your baby's position, how you're pushing, um, if you're tired or not. I know that weighs a lot into yeah. it. Um, you know, some first time moms or women who've had an epidural or, you know, just don't know how to push if there's a particular way to push. Mm-hmm. And the best way to describe it is like, you're taking like the biggest shit of your life. Mm-hmm. Like you're pushing through your butt. If that almost makes sense. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? No, to, it, make, to it, you? Make, it makes sense <laughs> as a guy. I mean, I mean, cause you can, you can just kind of push on the surface or you can push like deep. But I mean, that's the kind of push you need you to push. You did preparation before that though. Like the entire pregnancy, we do this thing called TVAs, which is transverse abdominals, right? Mm-hmm. Where she squeezes her stomach, right? Mm-hmm. And the more strength you have in your stomach and those stomach muscles in your lower back uh, allows you to push and get all of that that impetus that you need to get the baby out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So the birthing process doesn't just start the day you have the baby. Like health is very, very important. Fitness is very, very important. Yeah, the preparation Fitness helps with labor. Anything. The more you stretch, the stronger your core is, the easier the labor will be. Cause you'll be able to get the baby where you need to get yeah. and push it out. It's more so. about effective pushing. If yeah. you will. Yeah. So little baby's head is out. Body is out. You deliver the baby. There's still more. Mm-hmm. There's still more. The placenta which is stage three <laughs> and delivering the placenta is not as um, intense. I don't think you'll feel no. cramping again. No. Um, and that comes out after the baby sometimes as short as like 10, 15 minutes. I think for me, it was like 30 minutes after Kaz. Yeah. We stayed in the water for a little bit. The kids yeah. came in, they got to meet their brother. Said what's up. He latched on and was breastfeeding immediately. Um, and then the, 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 the placenta comes out mm-hmm. and then, then you can feel like, okay, my body has completely been rid of all things baby for yeah. the most part. Until um, your milk comes in and then that's a whole nother story. The best part about doing the home birth was we were able to do delayed cord clamping, which I know some hospitals don't do. Some hospitals is the minute you have the baby, they cut the cord immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm not sure what the practice is in birthing centers, but Mm -hmm. we were able to do a delayed cord clamping, which means all of the nutrients from the placenta are allowed to get to the baby, which we feel helped a lot with Kaz being able to be so alert oh, when yeah. he first came out. And then you watch the placenta go from like this bloody pouch and like the cord will be, it looks like a huge vein and then it's just empty. It's, yeah. it's all white and dry. We literally transferred, we it. it was myself, Kaz and the placenta, everything's still attached to him to mm-hmm. the bed. And that was a, a night's parts about being at home. I went literally yeah. from the pool to my bed and we slept for like three hours, I want to say, yeah. he and I. Yeah. And that really yeah. allowed the cord time to just um, completely deplete into his body. And remember his skin was like yeah. super rosy and yeah. just, um, he was alert. He was looking around. It was just, it, it, I, to me, I think it made a big difference in I just the well. way he, he was reacting. Um, there were no bright lights. It wasn't a cold, sterile room. Yeah. With Cairo, um, they end up having to take him a couple times. Right. And put him under the, the under lamp. Under a, heat, a heater he, they or They said a his lamp temperature was dropping. Yeah. He was getting pissed. Like, how about you I turn down the fucking AC? <laughs> it was like 65 degrees in the room. It was cold and in And she's there. like, you keep taking my like, baby to put him under him a lamp. Me and let me put him on me. So then we just did skin to skin after a while. I'm like, yeah. if anything my body temperature will help his temperature rise. Yeah. It was like one of those. But things. being at home, you know, case yeah. from the island, so the apartment was on Africa. And <laughs> I was sweating, but hey, Kate was comfortable. The baby was comfortable, so it is what that it is. is true. You know? our, our thermostat does stay anywhere between uh, Kingston, Jamaica, and uh, <laughs> Richland Park, St. Vincent. How about that? <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's pretty much the succession of it with the birth plan and how you should really think about the different stages of labor that you want yeah. to plan for, and again, making those you know 
if something goes wrong or you know gentlemen situation your, you want that your in your birth plan too lady will not be in the right mind to think of anything so you have to think of everything you have to have everything like at your fingertips you should know where everything is you should know where everything is supposed to go because that's really all you can do in this moment other than like keep her distracted by helping her physically through the movements and stuff like that you just got to know where everything is and know that if something happens, exactly what you need to do. For example, my biggest thing was knowing where the closest hospital was and how long it'll get there, especially during that time of day. Mm -hmm. So if you have ways, what you do now is know where the hospital is. You put ways in your phone and say, is there high traffic? Is there not high traffic during this time? See what the traffic will be over the next three to four hours because you never know when the baby is coming. And just be prepared for whatever happens. Um, if you have multiple kids, make sure you have things for the kids to do because the kids are always going to want to get to Kadeen. I think with Kaz, um, Kyra was asleep, but Jackson was up. Mm -hmm. And Jackson kept coming in the room, and at times he wanted to hug Kay and stuff like that, which is cool because it allowed Kay to relax. Mm -hmm. But the best part is, is having a plan for everybody mm -hmm. and knowing that before anybody says anything to the mom, they got to go through you. You got to be the biggest advocate and let them know like, hey, any issues y'all got, just bring it to me. And that's, that's part of the birthing plan. You know? I love that. That's so true. So true. The support yes. is like everything. Um, so real quick, a couple of advantages for water births. Just wanted to run down the list of things that I think has helped me. Um, mm -hmm. The reasons why I'm such an advocate for it and want to do it this time around. Um, warm, the warm water, it really helps to relax, to soothe and comfort. Yes. Um, the support of the water means that you can try different positions freely. So it kind of takes that weight off of your body when you're in the water. Of course, the, the buoyancy. buoyancy. Yeah. Yep, that definitely helps. Um, gravity also helps to move down the baby into the birth canal um it can lower your blood pressure and reduce feelings of anxiety making your body more able to accept and release those and endorphins and relax which can tend to ease the pain it can improve back pain that you feel the pressure from dilation um i remember holding on to the the sides of the pool and kind of rocking my hips from side to side like, I'm like you're on a white water like rafting. i was white water rafting yep and it helped much. Though. but it, it helped. helped it really yeah. did help so even discussing this birthing plan with takia she kind of took a tour of the house she looked at our bathtub in our room now and said hey you can probably have the baby in here we'll just sanitize it and you can have yeah. him here um but then i was like girl the way i was rocking my hips i was like i'm gonna need a little more space so we have the pool coming so that we can make use of that too the water can help your perineum stretch, which is that that part right underneath uh, the vagina between the vagina and the anus. Get, which typically sometimes, has to get yeah, sometimes you have if to it's cut it. Lubricated, and yeah. It's, wet, it's like a sponge, and I try to tell this with Soft. people all the time: a muscle or any piece of skin is like a sponge. If mm -hmm. it's dry and you twist it, it's mm -hmm. gonna rip. Mm -hmm. But if you take a sponge and you put it in water and mm -hmm. it gets more flexible, it's filled with water. It's when you way twist more, it, yep, way it can more move and it's malleable. So mm -hmm. remember that about the body: a woman's body and water was way more malleable. So there you go. Some disadvantages, because of course there are disadvantages to it. You won't be able to have any pain relief options. So once you're home and it starts, it's a wrap, sis. That's it. So you can't you can't ask your midwife to pull out the epidural because there is none. Um, so it's kind of like that point of no return that you yeah. feel, which is why I was kind of nervous <laughs> every time my water broke. I was like, oh, this is gonna be it. Um, you're unable to use a tens machine. Your contractions may slow down or get weaker. Um, if you get into the pool too soon. So I remember Takiya kind of watching yeah, me and yeah. she knew exactly when I had to go in the pool. She's like, mm. she went from moaning to grunting. <laughs> so that grunt normally means that it's close. And we did a soul train line all the way to the We back. sure did. Da, da, we da, walked. Da, 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 da. <laughs> we were all, it was a, a conga line. Conga, a conga line, line a conga to the back line of the, the pool. Back. Yep. 
Um, if the water is too cool, the baby's at risk for hypothermia. So the water has to be the right temperature. Um, and then you might need to leave the pool if there is a complication. Some women will start in the pool and they'll end up squatting on, you know, the toilet yeah. or standing. You know, really at that point, it's just like whatever is comfortable yeah. has to take precedence. So, yeah, there y'all go. That's that's the reason why um, I feel like I want to talk about um, preparing for a home birth. But we may be able to do that in another episode, too, just because there's so much more that goes into yeah, talking so, about so much more um, about preparing for the actual home birth. So maybe yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll bring it back on another episode in the future y'all, where we talk about like breaking down the whole home birthing process. Yeah. Or maybe even like getting Takia in on it, Takia in on it so she can, you know, help us prepare for this next time around, which is going to be very, very, very soon. <laughs> very soon so we're gonna take a quick break pay some of these bills and we come back be ready for listener letters all right stay tuned y'all all right ladies let's be real who here actually enjoys shaving their legs Mm-hmm. yeah i thought so and get this Near, yes, near, the OG that I used for years has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay, it works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black lead brand, we make room for another black lead brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black lead products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month. But all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast to live and die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. 
We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, now we're back for Listener Letters, which Deval has finally admitted is actually his favorite portion of the show. (laughs) As well. Uh Uh-huh. As well. So let's just dive right into the first one. I've been married to my husband for five years, and we have four beautiful kids. We have been through everything, and I mean the good, the bad, and the ugly. Despite it all, we've decided to hold on and keep our marriage going. My question is, as a married couple that's been through a lot like yourselves, how do you deal with the backlash? I find myself sharing our story to try to motivate young couples or new couples, and it sometimes backfires to where I'm judged. They assume I'm stupid. They say things like, couldn't be me. (laughs) I've heard that before. (laughs) And, you know, just very aggressive and very negative. I think people, I don't think that people can see that there's a beauty in the struggle and the power and forgiveness. I also feel like people are so quick to give up. And especially in this new day and age, it promotes all the self-love and self-care. And I don't think couples understand that it's not just about self. It's about both of you guys. It's you and your spouse. Well, the first thing is, is that, you know, you're always going to get backlash. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I always use this. Fuck them, girl. (laughs) I always use this analogy, but Jesus got backlash. Like, Jesus only preached love. Jesus got backlash. Like, if Jesus gets gets backlash, then who are you to not expect backlash from people? Mm -hmm. Um... Secondly, like my wife said, fuck them. Like, like we don't care. If the message ain't for you, <laughs> it's not the message for ain't for you. And especially those people who say couldn't be me. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. That's why you're single. Right. Because you couldn't see yourself in a relationship. And, and that's, that's okay. fine. <laughs> you know I, what I'm saying? That's always my thing. That's, I'm like, that's, that's fine. cool. Like you don't have to judge the situation. Just say, you know what? It's not for me. And that's perfectly fine. I think the strength that Deval and I found in it too, because it's kind of like, I didn't believe that this would be my ministry, quote unquote, mm-hmm. in the very beginning. Like neither one of us sought out to be like this pillar of like, hey, guys, this is what our relationship looks like. And, you know, this is how we make it work. Um, of course, our heart's in the right place because we want to be able right. to share through our experiences and just be able to be open and be candid. Because why? Generations before us never were. Right. And we find ourselves right. stuck in the same cycles right. over and over again. Absolutely. Why were your grandparents unhappy? Why are your parents unhappy in right. their relationships? Why would we want to subject ourselves to that? Right. So why not speak about these situations so we can say you know what this is not an anomaly what's happening between the two of us this is something that happens quite frequently in relationships right and this is something that we should have a discussion about because maybe there's a way that we can now maneuver or pivot as we say now to make this a little bit better of a situation you know what i'm saying absolutely so i just kind of take on that mentality like Deval's actually kind of helped me with that over the years because I used to be the one that would take things on and be like oh my god people are gonna think this and that and now we're at the phase where we're just like take it or leave it like if it's not for you it's not for you and also it's I I think people need to understand that it really is a sickness for you to wake up in the morning and be concerned about about what other people think about you 
especially people who don't really know you. Mm-hmm. Like you have to think about how sick that is. Yeah. You wake up in the yeah. morning and you have things that you need to do in order to become a better person. But your mm-hmm. first thought process is what are people, what gonna are people going to think? Yeah. That's, that's real bad. It's, like, it's, it's, it's so bad. restricting. It's so restricting yeah. and it's just stifling and it really makes you wonder you're doing all of that for what? Like my thing is when people say couldn't be me, my thing is, well, do you pay my bills? Like, are you contributing in any way to my life? Right. You know, social media is in a, a phase. We're in a phase now where everybody has an opinion. Everybody with fingers right. can type like whatever, you know, voice noted, whatever. It's and, just, and the thing is, could it be me? It's not always a bad thing. No, it couldn't be you. That's why it's me. Right. There's only one of me. You're right. It, you could never be me. So right. when someone says couldn't be me, okay, I get mm-hmm. that. Like that, like people, like sometimes we tend to put out content or put out information as people. Mm-hmm. And then we get upset when people don't receive the information we put out the way we want them to receive it. It is also not your job as a content creator mm-hmm. to tell people how to take in the, the content you put out. Right. You know, they are entitled to disagree. They are entitled to not like it. Mm-hmm. They are entitled to create their own idea of what it is you're trying to say mm-hmm. once you put it out there. That's part of creating content. You just have to put it out there with hopes that someone receives the message the way you want them to receive it. But if they don't, right. that's a them problem. Absolutely. That's not a you problem. And the more you continue to make it a you problem, you're going to start to to feel inadequate. Right. Or you're going to start to filter. You're going to start to filter what you right. put out. And then at that point, it's not organic to you. It's not authentic. It's not authentic, right. And then you're just conjuring up something just to suit another person right when there's like millions of people who are going to have opinions so listen people are going to be upset regardless of what you say that is just that's just what it is this is is my ultimate my ultimate uh microcosm of life jesus had haters jesus preached love and healing and they killed him Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so it doesn't matter what you say Mm -hmm. someone's going to have a problem with it so, so say what you want to say. Say what anyway. you say. Say speak your truth. That's it. And just know that someone will learn from it. Right. Someone will Even definitely learn from it. Even if it's a little tidbit. Yes. There you go. All right, number two. All right, number two. Hey, guys, my name is Ren. I'm a 25-year-old mother of three young babies. My ex and I were together for almost five years and had our kids back-to-back. We broke up in November of 2020, just days before I found out about baby number three. Since we've broken up, he's not been a father to our kids at all and only... And only ever sends a text message on birthdays and holidays. He hasn't even met our two-month-old son. Wow. wow. He was never this way when we were together. He was such a great dad that I never expected him to do the kids this way, even as our relationship was headed downhill. Um, I've gone through an entire pregnancy caring for our kids alone while working from home. And you've and y'all have truly kept me sane. And you've given me so many reasons to laugh and reflect. You've helped me to take accountability for things that I could I could. I couldn't have handled better. I oh, I could have handled better mm-hmm. throughout my relationship. Not to say that he's absolved from being a jerk to his kids and have given me some amazing advice to take into my future in all aspects of life, not just romantically. So thank you. You're welcome, Mama. During this time, or during my time alone, I spent time visualizing and praying for the man that I want, and that is the that is for me while continuing to work on myself and for my children. Out of nowhere, this guy drops into my Facebook messages, and we hit it off immediately. We talk every day. We're authentically and comfortably ourselves when we're together. Our goals and dreams in and out of a romantic light seem to align very well, and he can damn near read my mind sometimes. Neither of us want to rush, and we've agreed to keep sex off the table for now until we're sure of what we want with each other. I didn't expect God to work so quickly. If I put him in a box and tell him to just hold off for a year or two, as DeVal said once, I totally would. 
but I also don't want to lose out on a partner that I have a chance to grow with. We've admitted to each other that we feel there could be something special with us, but should I wait? It hasn't been a full year since my breakup. What should I do? Hmm. I don't remember telling anybody to wait a year. Well, not so. a year, but remember you had said if you could put me in a box and have me like Oh, if I could side. put you in a box? Yeah. You remember yeah, you, you wanted to put me in the glass case? Right. So I think that might be what she's referring to is like, can okay. I just put you over there on reserve <laughs> well, until I'm ready for you and then Well, this is the thing. You call know, since, you over. Since she kind of referenced me, I don't think there is a timeline for you yes. to work out or there is no cookie cutter time that says if I do this and this amount of time is right. going to work out. Or I need this amount of time after my breakup right. to then be able to date again. I think you should take it on a case by case basis. Absolutely. And I mean, if the spirit is moving you, child, hey, why but not? I, but I do think it's important for you to really know someone before you bring them around your kids, because we've seen a lot more recently, especially because there's social media and 24 hour news cycles of people coming into relationships and hurting children that aren't theirs. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know Definitely. what I'm saying? Well, so, if she says sex is off the table, I would hope that her children are off the table, too, in terms right. of like what they're introducing. Right. And they probably both agree to kind of take this slowly. Right. So, I mean, if you're you're a year out from your relationship or your previous relationship, I think you can take baby steps towards, you know. Absolutely. Starting to. And and that's one thing I, I would definitely do. Like you said, um, take time with the kids mm -hmm. because I think it's important for them to get to know each other first before she even introduces them to the children. For sure. And I know sometimes people are like, well, you got kids. You got to let them know you got kids right away. I'm like, nah, no, I, I need to know who this person is. This mm -hmm. person needs to know me before I even involve them with my children. Absolutely. I, I mean, I haven't, been in the dating scene for a minute no um you haven't i've have just like never really been in the dating scene like that but i would imagine that it does not have to necessarily be something that you put on all overdrive and just mm -hmm. you know fall into he's living with you now and then you guys are like back into that kind of relationship i'd say take some time to you know woo each other you know and here's the truth get to know each other because um you guys haven't heard kadina and i's full love story which we actually are in the process of getting together right now for something very special for <laughs> very you guys. Very special. <laughs> but um, 2022. Love stories exist when two people want to be together. Yes. So there's nothing you can do to make sure everything goes right. If he wants to be there, he will find a way to be there, whether it's wait or not wait. Like mm -hmm. when Kadine and I first got together, there were certain things for me that I was just like, man, I'm not doing this because I don't want to be a, a boyfriend to anybody. But I wanted to be with Kadeen, and she said she required these things, so I made it happen. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And vice versa. Vice like, versa. That's just yeah. what relationships are. You you say what you require. Um, you give grace to allow the person to make a decision of whether they want to do it. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, if you want to be together, you guys will find each other. And it's the effortlessness for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. some things just kind of naturally flow. And you say he kind of just fell into your there Facebook, you, you know, messages just like that. I have a, a person, a friend, who was just like, man, I've been praying for this particular kind of guy and here he is and he's that in abundance and i didn't even know if i was ready for to receive that but thank you god at least he's here you know so, so the answer is what should you do you should be deliberate about what you want and what you need yes. um but don't put yourself on a timeline right. and say if things don't happen by this time that's just not going to work right. so and communicate be deliberate and communicate there you go good luck to you babe and if y'all want to be featured as one of our listener letters, be sure to email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. That's right. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. My moment of truth for the birthing process as um, DeVal, the daddy doula <laughs> that brings the vibes. <laughs> <laughs> That's mad D's. That's a whole I bring the D. situation. <laughs> you do. As you can indeed. tell. But, um, 
And the, I'm growing a D. <laughs> you are. That's still amazing to me, guys. I've grown four penises. I say it all the time. <laughs> you it's always amazing. say that all the time. Amazing. Um, actually, you've grown five penises because you make mine grow. But, um, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Cut. <laughs> <laughs> um, the birthing process doesn't start the day the child is starting to come into the, the world. Mm, the birthing process for me started when we first started to prepare to even become pregnant. That's a good one. Like I wanted to make sure that I was involved in every single aspect of the pregnancy, pre-pregnancy. With this fourth baby, I was involved in everything. You know, we, we every visit that you had that I could go to uh, before, you know, they put the clamps back on everything because of the pandemic, I was present. That is very true. Because um, you think the fourth time around is like, oh, you've seen this sonogram already. You've seen no. that. But no, we really... Um, we really just get excited every single time. Mm -hmm. Like I just recently did an Instagram story that I was just so excited every time I go in mm -hmm. to see this baby, even though it's my fourth son, it's like still exciting. But I want to take so. this time to appreciate you, sir, for making this experience probably one of the best experiences when it came to just planning pregnancy, putting me in a comfortable situation where I literally did not have to do much, <laughs> but take care of myself and this baby um, to the best of your ability and then some um, and just always being so invested like Deval will come to me sometimes y'all and be like yo I watched this documentary about like childbirth or oh I, I was watching the, reading this article about like mm -hmm. women's bodies after labor and just how to get through something and I'm just like what made you go and research this and well, he's I like almost lost it's on you my once. mind I almost lost you once like it's true you and me and your mom and my mom was in that room Mm -hmm. When they had to wheel you out of there and take you into emergency surgery. Mm -hmm. That's not a feeling you want to have again if you can do everything within your power to make sure everything is good. Yeah. And um, after having our first three children, being in an apartment, having to deal with parking, having to deal with the elevator, having to deal with so many other obstacles that make it difficult. You know, having to go to the gym and still mm -hmm. working so many hours, being able to do it this way, mm -hmm. I, I'm... I'm I'm proud of me, but I'm proud of us. We did this together. You know what I'm saying? I, I had a, a plan, you like a, a birthing plan years ago when I said, when I when you are ready to have this fourth child, I want it to be like this. Yes. And we and so put said, this birthing so plan in place. And, and it's not even tails. just us. It's our full, our full village. Like, yeah. your mom yeah. is here. Your mom has been here since we moved to L.A., um, and then here in Georgia, she's helped me unpack this house. Think and about it. Get the kids ready for school on mornings where I feel like, oh, God, girl, I can't think, get up because I've been up all night. Think like, about that, though. Like, you full pregnant. You Last night, you didn't want to have to really get up this morning and do much. But mm -hmm. your mom is there to yep. make sure that the kids get out off in time. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Your dad is living here now. Your sister is going to come for the birth. Like. Yes. We created a plan and we executed. That's mm -hmm. what you call manifestation. Absolutely. And I'm here to say this to anybody who's listening. Don't ever let people tell you you can't do something when you know that you can. Yeah. Like it sounds like the most cliche thing ever in the world to say. But you can do whatever you want to do if you have the mental fortitude to see it through. And to like I, we heard our listening letters don't listen to the backlash mm -hmm. and listen to what other people are saying. They can't see your vision. Mm -hmm. So they can't. You you have to expect people to not understand you. But if you've got the vision and the mental fortitude, just keep going and you can get to where you want to get to in life. This is a perfect example. So Perfect example. So thank you. Thank you. I love you for this. Um, 
and it's going to be an amazing, amazing experience. And I yes, am actually looking very forward to it until my water broke, breaks. And then I'm going to be like, baby, I think <laughs> it's, it's time. time. Baby, baby, I think it's time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, y'all. So thank y'all so much for tuning in. As always, we appreciate y'all just as much, too. Um, be sure to find us on social media at Dead Ass the Podcast on Instagram. And of course, you can find me, Kadeen I Am. And I am Deval. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Dead Ass. My ass about to be in that water, y'all. By yourself. <laughs> Dead Ass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Dead Ass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share Black-led products. It's free for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care and we'll see you there.